0: Uh, Please, Father, reveal to us what you want us to know from this next chapter in John's Gospel, so that we respond, that is, keep responding to your Son in the right way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, Friends, uh, there are times in Jesus' Jesus' ministry that that he very intentionally reveals who he is and what he will one day do. And yet there are times when he holds such back. And I suppose we are much the same. We might not always get it right as he (laughs) surely did. But we certainly can resonate with this too. And so it requires wisdom, great wisdom to know, for example, when to speak up or when to be silent. I don't know about you, but I usually work that bit out afterwards (laughs) when it's too late. (laughs) But Jesus said things like, quote, My hour has not yet come end of quote, John two four. Uh, he knew that now wasn't the time. Uh, but then he says things like, quote, the hour has come, end of quote, John 17.1. So he also knew when it was the right time. Uh, part of me wishes I knew where NHA will be in January. <laughs> and so is it, the right time to start seriously considering our own facilities or not. But you could say that it wasn't just that Jesus had great wisdom. He, also, he was also close, very close, you could say, so close to his father that he knew and obviously was told through prayer to his father as to when the right time would be. Well, here we have an example in these 26 verses of John chapter 4 that he very intentionally revealed things about himself. He's no longer holding back. The time was no doubt right. And I like uh, how Dan put it last week in his sermon. Where are you, Dan? There Well, I think he put it like this. (laughs) It was one of the many things I got out of it. And that there are three J's in uh, this gospel <laughs> and not to get confused with them. And so I wrote them down as J.A., <laughs> J.B., and J.C. <laughs> that is John the author, uh, John the Baptist, <laughs> and Jesus Christ, J.A., J.B., J.C. And so J.A. wants us to know that J.C. is no longer holding back. It certainly is becoming greater, John 3.30, greater than JB. <laughs> Sorry, that's how my mind works. <laughs> it drives Sue Batty at times. <laughs> uh, picking up on this, uh, the very first thing we see is Jesus' humanity. And I say this because of what we find in the very first verses of this chapter. And in particular, uh, verse 6. Yep, verse 6. In verse 6, we are told by (laughs) J.A. that Jesus was tired from this journey and so sat down to obviously have a rest. Yes, Jesus is intentionally revealing his humanity here. Well, I suppose J.A. is. Jesus got tired. Jesus needed to rest. Jesus took on flesh. He became just like one of us, and we're told that in John chapter 1, verse 14. Yes, Jesus took on flesh to become one of us in order to save us. He became just like one of us. He didn't become a chook to save chickens. <laughs> no, he became a human to save humans. He was even baptised. Not because he needed his sins washed away, like we do, but to identify completely with us as humans. But even more than than that, because he was human, he can help us. He really can, because he was human. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 to 18, I guess it's on the screen, we're told that he was completely like us, fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Now, that is a mouthful, but many of you know exactly what all that means. If you don't, please see me afterwards or ask someone who does. It is that important. But there's more. I feel like I'm doing an ad now. (laughs) But there is more. And it is in verse 18. What I read to you was verse 17. In verse 18, we are told that because he himself suffered when he was nailed to the cross. Now, that is what one would expect it should say. But it says because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. Are you being tempted at the moment? Are you suffering at the moment? There's a a direct connection between suffering and temptation. And so if you are being tempted at the moment, Jesus is able to help you if you just ask him. Also, if you are suffering at the moment, Jesus is able to help you if you just ask him. Actually, Jesus, who is our high priest, is rich in mercy and rich in grace, Hebrews 4.16. And therefore also, no doubt, wants to help us in our time of need, if only we ask and amazingly, he also learnt obedience through such suffering. Hebrews 5.8. And so I guess we all want to live, I oh know I do, a life of obedience to our Lord. And times of suffering and therefore temptation, or times of temptation and therefore suffering, potentially can result in disobedience, as it did for Adam and Eve. And because we are naturally their descendants. We obviously don't want to be like them at this point. So we need to ask Jesus to help us in such times of need. And that requires not just knowing that we are suffering or being tempted, but that requires humility. Humility. It requires being humble and asking for help. And help from the one who has gone through it all and knows more than we will ever know as to what it can be like. Hebrews 4.15 Yes, at this very point in Jesus' ministry, we see his humanity coming through. He simply got tired and simply needed a rest. Maybe that's all you need. A rest. You know, I think... That the problem for some of us, stress <laughs> some, some of us, is that we are too like Jesus' disciples at this point. One of them, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but they went to the shop to buy some food. Verse eight. Whereas Jesus decided to rest. <laughs> I hope this weekend has been a rest for you. I also hope that in our times of need we humble ourselves and ask for his help. The second thing is this, and uh, we see here how Jesus intentionally reveals his divinity. And we see this in the conversation between this woman and Jesus in verses 10 to 18. In these verses he says some remarkable stuff. So remarkable that much more than a prophet (laughs) was in her midst. I think, I think there are two things in these verses that clearly speak of Jesus' divinity, that he obviously was much more than a prophet. And you can find these two things in verses 10 and 18 in your bulletins or in a Bible, on your phone, whatever you've got. And what are they? They are that, one, Jesus offers us living water. And two... That Jesus knows stuff about this woman. That even she says, you must be a prophet. (laughs) The first thing that Jesus basically says to this woman is that, quote, you should ask me. I can give you living water, end of quote, verse 10. It is amazing that all she sees is a weary Jewish traveller. That's it. She certainly doesn't realise what he can therefore do. It begs the question, do you? Do I? Do we realise who Jesus is and what he can do? Or do we just thank God at times for when things go well for us, when that physical thirst is satisfied and, and then move on? And You know, sadly, I've seen many people do that. I did that for the first 30 years of my life. I just moved on after he seemingly gave me that cup of water. <laughs> that is whatever I needed at the time. Yes, I never at the time realised Jeremiah Jeremiah 2.13. I never realised that it is a sin to use God in that way. (laughs) But then I never did ask for living water. (laughs) I just asked for a quick fix, whatever I needed at the time. Well, what he can provide is what lasts, not just a quick fix. And that becomes a game changer. When he talks about living water, he's obviously talking about the eternal life that satisfies and comes only through the work of the Holy Spirit, John seven thirty seven 37 to 39. Hence the need as we've been praying and we keep praying for Noah <laughs> to be born again, if he hasn't already. <laughs> yes, eternal life is knowing the Lord and it's not just living forever, John seventeen three. Actually, at one level, everyone will live forever. will either live forever knowing the Lord or live forever not knowing him. The former is called heaven. The latter is called hell. And so the Holy Spirit, if he blows your way, Perhaps I guess he is, and that is why you're here today. I guess that is what he's done, and that's why you're here today. It <laughs> uh, brings about eternal life, and that means knowing the Lord, and that means being satisfied through thick and thin, and that, and only that, satisfies. Hence, living water. Well, this woman didn't quite get that, but I don't blame her. I don't think I would have. (laughs) But Jesus didn't just reveal who he is by these words. He also told her about her own life. Uh, Can you imagine that? I wonder what he would say about me. (laughs) I wonder what he would say about you. Well, it is recorded here for all to read today as to what he said about her. He basically says, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and you are now with your partner. Yes, some things haven't changed much. (laughs) Interestingly, I find it interesting. Uh, He doesn't focus on that bit. I guess many of us might. Interestingly, but it might just be because she changes the subject, (laughs) which he allows. Uh, Jesus goes on to talk about salvation, being from the Jews, but also how true worship will one day, and it's now come, not be limited to a time and place as God is spirit and therefore true worshipers must must worship in the spirit and in truth yes the spiritual side of things is what matters we are not just physical beings and therefore the truth is what matters when one discards the truth one is really discarding the spirit as he is truth John 16:13 and what is truth Jesus John 14:6 and what is truth God's word John 17:17 17, 17. and what is truth that's why Jesus came to testify to it John 18:37 and everyone on the side of truth listens to him, walks in step with his spirit. Spirit and truth, they go together. Yes, Jesus is much more than a prophet. He knew that she has had six blokes. Hmm. Jesus is much more than she thought. He started revealing his divinity by not just offering living water, but also knowing such personal stuff about her let alone answering her with such authority, such as about true worship. And all this brings us to the third point this morning. We find here that Jesus is not just revealing his humanity and divinity, but now he's also revealing his messiahship. Now that's a big word, <laughs> but it just means the chosen one. It's a good name for a series, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> the chosen one. I love these final two verses. Well, the final three words. In verse twenty-five, we are told the woman said, "I know that Messiah, called Christ or chosen one, uh, he is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us." It's at this point that I am thinking, and I guess I'm not the only one. Don't you get it yet? (laughs) To which Jesus responds in verse 26, I, the one speaking to you, and I do love these last three words. I am he. Only two words in the original Greek. I am Yes, Jesus reveals his messiahship. You cannot get much clearer than that. Jesus has just said that the messiah when he comes will, uh, she just said, the messiah when he comes will explain everything to us. He will reveal it all. And I'm thinking, he's revealed a lot about you, love. (laughs) Don't you get it? (laughs) I am he. (laughs) I am he. Imagine having Jesus stand before you and reveal the most personal things about you. About me. How would we feel? How would we feel? Interestingly, he can. But although he can, he offers us a fresh start. As we've looked at, he has not come to condemn us but to save us. He hasn't come to condemn me, but to save me. And our response to that must be a John Northridge response. Hallelujah! (laughs) (laughs) To that one. He's come to save me. John's gospel, whole gospel, has been written with, the winds has come, isn't it? The Holy Spirit has come. Blown this way. Might have. Uh, John's whole gospel has been written with one thing in mind. And what is it? It is so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing one may have life in his name. Do you believe? I hope you do. And if so, continue worshipping him in the spirit and in truth as they are the worshippers he seeks to be with. If you don't believe yet, maybe you're just like the Samaritan woman. Uh, We are, all are at different levels. We all have naturally done the Had the wrong misunderstandings about life. We've all made stuff ups in life. Well, I know I have. We all don't get it at times. If you don't believe yet, join the club (laughs) and start believing now. Jesus is the Messiah, is the Messiah the son of God, and that by believing you, I may have life in his name. Amen. Amen, Amen to that. Thanks, Bob.